Shora Terror, August 1st. Around the corner from my house, there exists a telephone club. This club, called Dora Terror, is set up on a parking lot with a small office and several tents for cars to drive into, much like the ones used as temporary garages. A person in a car may drive into this tent and he will be given a telephone. On the other end, there will be a girl that he can talk to. The men have to pay for this introductory service, but women who call in take part for free. In this way, energetic young men and women can talk to each other. The men never know the women's telephone numbers and are encouraged to keep them secret since this will allow the company to keep them on as paying customers for longer time. And why not? The girl is not obliged to reveal anything truthful about herself, and if she doesn't like the people she's talking to, she can simply hang up. Some unsavory young men use this service, so it is understandable for any young woman who does call in to hang up. But some are gluttons for punishment. If the two people on the call do take a liking to each other, they may arrange a place to meet. A typical meeting will begin with the boy driving to an agreed location, picking the girl up in his souped-up car. They then drive somewhere to eat something or have a drink, then drive to a secluded spot and have sex several times in the back seat. This is very interesting for the boy in question but not always as interesting for the woman who has to answer the phone every time he calls her since he has stolen her purse and knows her phone number and the phone numbers of all her friends, her relatives, her family. He has her credit cards and some of her cash, her makeup, pictures of her husband and children, etc. At first, the service is not very popular at all. It will certainly go out of business. Even though the overhead is so low and the equipment so inexpensive. Then, very suddenly, something happens. One of the young men who uses the service regularly is found in his car with his throat slashed. He is topless and his jeans are open. 
he has recently ejaculated and his limp but still partially stiff male member is dusted for fingerprints. Inside the trunk of his car is found a great many pamphlets for the telephone club and the purses of some of the women he recently met there. All is verifiable through the club's records. Although they seem to have lost the information about the number of the person that he had talked to on the last night he went there. Perhaps someone was calling in on a public telephone. The police scour the area trying to find payphones in desolate areas and ask people if they saw anybody using a payphone for a suspiciously long time on the night in question. Finally, a trace is made and the phone is found. It is a telephone on a freighter at sea a thousand miles away. Life is obviously insane. After this, the telephone club becomes instantly popular. The booths are filled continuously from four in the afternoon until four in the morning and there is a queue forming already at noon waiting for the 3.59 opening time. There is high revenue turnover. Some of the cars only stay there for a few minutes and are already rushing off somewhere to meet someone. This is good for business since there is a minimum charge for one hour and some booths rotate three customers in an hour in this way. Every couple of weeks there is another murder. A boy is killed, then another. They are usually found in the same situation. Something is always apparently different in each case though, but not conspicuously slow, which leads the police to believe that it is not a serial killing, but a series of different killers with, more obviously, a series of male victims. The telephone club is rolling in money, but also some moral responsibility. So the managers decide that instead of expanding their operation, they will simply increase the price until it becomes almost unaffordable to the target demographic. But this doesn't slow down business at all. They make several more millions a month and soar into higher and higher tax brackets. The bodies that are found are getting younger and younger and of all types. Kids who have quite a lot of money 
as well as young men heavily in debt. Loan shark debt collectors are suspected for some time, but then they are disqualified from suspicion by the mere stupidity of the crimes. A generation of horny young men is rushing headlong into oblivion. Reporters go in to make a story about the case, but they too are killed. Social workers go to try to reason with the girls on the other end of the line, and they too are never seen or heard from again. Successful office workers trying to relive their youth die one after another with looks of ecstasy on their faces. This is the life and death of death and life. I too am one of those who wish to encounter this world of fantasy and fiction and get closer to my own mortality. What could be more interesting? Talking to somebody who could be a fictional beauty? Or talking to somebody who could be a real killer? I drive in there with my car and pay the bracing fee. I cannot speak the language but I go and listen to the beautiful voice of someone who might be a beautiful woman. She is talking to me in syllables I can make no sense of, saying over and over again, Paulus Rasmus Dinger She is so romantic, and I'm sure that I want to see what she looks like. I mention again and again the words of the place I want to meet, but I'm sure that the person on the other end doesn't understand at all. I hang up and try a different person. <laughs> 